everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. This episode, uh, like I told Robbie in our uh, pre-episode chit-chat, uh, we're going to talk a lot about Ethiopian food because there's this episode. Oh boy. So get ready for that. I like Ethiopian food, Matt. I mean, I as we as I said, I, I'm not a big fan of the giant pancake, but the stuff that goes inside of it is excellent. I mean, I can't argue if you like something or not. <laughs> but I, we'll talk about we'll talk about it we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. We have some people to thank, Matthew. Fantastic. Uh, first, Anthony Brule. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. Uh, Tan Tan. Thank you, Tan Tan. Thank you, Tan Tan. And this, and then finally, Elliot Rowe. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Elliot. This week's episode is. The Food Wife, episode NABF 20, originally aired November 13th, 2011, written by Matt Selman, directed by Timothy Bailey, received a 4.5 rating with 7.5 million viewers. This episode guest stars some good and some bad in here. Uh, Mario Batali as himself. Ouch. Not good. Uh, Anthony Bourdain as himself. Rest in peace. Anthony Bourdain. Yay. Man, I, 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 I liked a lot. Very tragically passed. Uh, we have Tim and Eric, Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareham, Wareham, Wareheim uh, as two foodies. Matt hates them. I think uh, I have mixed feelings. I mean, I, I respect them, despite the fact I, I bounce off a lot of their humor stuff. But they do. They make a lot of stuff. They try. They go for stuff. They make weird stuff. They do things they really want to do. They don't care if other people, you know, if they're, it's has a lot of... If it has an audience or not, they are making a thing and they've kind of created an audience for their very weird, bespoke kind of humor, which I respect, even if I don't sometimes laugh at it. And then we also have Gordon Ramsay as himself, who I actually really I like both Anthony Bourdain and (laughs) Gordon Ramsay in this. I think they do. They are used well. They have a it's a fun uh, segment. True. It's very, very simple, very quick in and out. You know, they're not large parts of the episode. Thank God. Right. Um, so we start the episode with Bart and Lisa getting basically uh, they they have jars filled with marbles that re- like uh, show how well they've done that stuff. And mostly it's Lisa doing great and Bart behaving. Um, so they get rewarded with a fun day, a Saturday fun day with Homer. And so we go to a video game convention. E4. How do you feel about bad video game parodies, Matt? Oh, God, this is just mm. I do wish Marching Band Simulator actually existed. But the rest of that, we'll just take a pass on this and just skip right to Marge being sad when they get home. Uh, Get up here, Matt. I have Marching Band Simulator ready for you. Okay, get a backpack, get a big camping backpack, fill it with like 50 pounds of rocks. Uh Put it on. Uh, Wait until it's July and then go outside. Walk around. No, Robbie. No, 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 no. That's 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 only if you have a sousaphone. If you have another instrument, you have to take those rocks and hold them up with your arms the entire time in front of your face. Yeah, that's exactly my. Put the backpack. Put it in front of you and hold it. Yeah, that's a yes, good. Yes, put it there, in front there of you. Hold it up. Yeah, that there you and go. And breathe extra hard the entire time. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> that's that's marching. Oh, dress in, dress in a full wool coat <laughs> in July. <laughs> and then and then die. <laughs> that's what happens. 
Um, and then you go to the part they actually show in the in the show of uh, you studying for a chemistry test on the, the several hour bus ride home. Yeah, sitting on a bus. That's the, the 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 two experiences of utter utter torture in super hot heat, and then sitting and doing nothing for hours. But we get lots of video game parodies in this. Many, many, many. I'm not going to mention all of them. Most of them are bad. I did not laugh at. I did laugh at this episode, Matt. Okay. I did not laugh at any of this. This stuff is very, okay. very bland, very boring, kind of bottom of the barrel video game parodies, especially nowadays. Um, this stuff is already so boring. Uh, it, and this takes a long time. It takes a while. It, f- it feels like forever. It really isn't that long because this first act is relatively short, which I do appreciate. Um, so we eventually do get a marching band simulator, and then we the we have Homer, Lisa, and 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 Bart try and get to a hall uh, to another hall where they're doing some sort of the Funtendo Z something announcement. I don't know. It's all that. It's all Mappa level stuff. If I say that, I think you understand what I I mean. Everything is just like oh, it's like Apple except we put an M in front of it. You're like okay, and it has nothing to do with the rest of this episode. Once they are once they leave this. It's over and pointless. This, this is just as used. I mean, I can respect this, Matt. Is this is used as an example of? Oh, Homer's the fun guy. He's the fun parent. Yes, which is not a bad idea for an episode. Contrasting that Marge and Homer's being fun parents. That's fine. Um, we get an interesting sequence. I think only because it's visually interesting is that we get a Homer as an FBS character, a first-person shooter character, where he's trying to get to the hall. Um, but it's only like it's the, it's the Homer version of Hardcore Henry. Yeah, exactly. Where we get a first person perspective, Homer's perspective, and it's like a video game HUD and UI and all that stuff, which is fine. But then they leave the video game, they leave the convention, and this is all again, like I said, to get to the point where Homer is considered the fun parent by Bart and Lisa. Marge is not, and Marge is a little jealous about that, and she talks to Homer about it. The kids sure had a good time with you. Yeah, I was on today. Carry on. How come they never call me Fun Mom? Look, honey, a family's like a team. And on every team you have the slam-dunking megastar and the referee. It's not fair. Moms want to be fun, but we're stuck with all the mom stuff. Okay, okay. How about this? Next week, you take the kids on a Saturday surprise dad day. What if we roll pennies and go to the dollar store? That's good, Marge. Get all the terrible ideas out of your system. (laughs) That made me laugh, Matt. That made me laugh too. I was trying to wonder. I, mean, I was sort of like, where, where did Robbie laugh? And then I heard that. Oh, I know where he laughed. The exactly the same spot I did right there. That's that made me laugh, Matt. Yeah, the the uh, the the Get all the bad ideas. Let's get the bad ideas out of your system. That made me laugh. Um, it's so there there are laughs in this, um, which go a long way. I'll say that. Because some, you know, after when we go weeks without laughing at one of these things, I, you know, it does wear on you. Um, we see Marge get this chance to take the kids out on Saturday. And she says, oh, we're going to go to uh, the X Games. And then we learn that this is not the actual X Games. It's a Christian convention of some sort. Uh, the kids are obviously cross games. The cross games. Yeah, it's a it's a crucifix on its side. So this looks sort of like an X. Um, they're the only kids there. They're kind of voluntold enrolled into a 
some play of something. I don't remember what it is. It, this is, again, just to kind of show us the kids. Marge doesn't know how to do this very well. Um, she's not the fun parent. The kids are upset. And so we get this scene that kind of ends the act where they uh, are upset in the car on the way home. And then the car breaks down. I'm sorry, gang. I blow it. Ugh, I hate it when grown-ups call kids gang. Don't worry about it, Mom. Dad will take us on a great outing next weekend. <sighs> Why do old squirrels always crawl into my engine to die? <sighs> Guess we'll be making an unscheduled pit stop, gang. We're not a gang. Gangs are cool. Um, um where are we? No, we're scary. Everything's fine. We'll just wait here for the tow truck. That newborn has earrings! Hmm. Yeah. There's weird stuff going on with... Uh, this is pseudo-racist weird stuff going on here, Matt. Um, I don't know. I could almost, I could almost forgive this because it feels like they are playing up Marge's sensitivity to the unknown. Like she, she's being racist, yes, but also it kind of feels like, oh, if Marge was a bored housewife who they, you know, in this episode portray as being completely out of touch with anything, even the remote bit, remotest bit fun. Yeah, maybe she would react kind of like this. That's that's my giving them the benefit of the doubt. Is that actually what they were going for? No, they're probably like, oh, this stuff's weird. Let's have Marge freak out about it. I mean, I, yeah, it's that idea of like, uh, I do, I, I, I lean towards your direction where I want them to, like, yes, Marge is kind of, you know, I just, you know, she likes boring stuff. Like, we have, the, that is well established. Oregano, you know, I just, potatoes, I just think they're neat. Like, it's, Marge is not, does not experiment with food very often, right? She has a, like a set thing, mm-hmm. set stuff she makes, and that's it. Um, but and it does this does go. Oh, Marge is just you know they're in an unf- un- Ethiopia town, uh, and she doesn't know how to react, and she's a little worried about. And to be fair, both Bart and Lisa are not they don't feel the same way she does, which is a good juxtaposition, which does try and paint. I think this is just for Marge. This is Marge's reaction. Uh, about the execution in some places we'll talk about in, in your act which starts right now five minutes and 38 seconds we go to commercial oh boy does it ever uh okay so uh we start off uh with the margin the kids have broken down they decide that they are immediately hungry so they go into uh, the nearest restaurant this is little ethiopia ethiopia town whatever you want to call it and barge is immediately freaked out and well, we can see what happens if we give them the benefit of the doubt. Marge is in a strange place and is a little freaked out by that because, you know, she's a suburban white lady. Uh, it goes better than she expects, though. They're selling CDs in the restaurant. Back to the car. What can I get you? Oh, I'll just have a side salad. We have no side salad. Back to the car. Relax, Mom. Be adventurous. Yeah, just have fun. Dad would. <gasps> <sighs> What's the craziest thing on the menu? <laughs> she means the most authentic. Well, that would be the Zinzel Minchetta Letter What? Then I'll have that. <gasps> okay, Marge. You just drove a convertible once. You can do this. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
good gloop. Mmm. I wish I lived in Ethiopia. Exotic, vegetarian, I can mention it in a college essay. Mom, this is amazing. Yeah, I just... <sighs> Most of this is okay. There's a part there with the weird Marge sounds. It's Marge's taste buds standing up taking notice. Uh, the idea of mentioning having Ethiopian food in a college essay, I just want to throw Lisa out the window. I'm going to put it that way. <laughs> like, no one cares what kind of food you've had. Like, that's that's not something you're ever going to care. No, don't ever put what kind of food you've had on a college essay, thanks. But other than that, this is mostly okay. I think it's trying to do... It's trying... To to do the right thing with it. It's trying. Mm -hmm. It's, <laughs> it's awkward and it feels very much, uh, I don't know. It, it, it feels, I, this is the part where I go, this is not just Marge being weird. This is the show being weird about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Ethiopian food is great. I love the pancakes. Uh, that the bread slash pancake that you scoop all the food with, it's great. Uh, it's delicious. I always eat so much that I feel sick afterwards in a good way. Um, well, yeah, but this is weird. It's not the worst thing in this episode, and I do think their heart is in the right place. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? It's just the weird, and I think I will even excuse the weird foodie behavior, which we're about to get to, because they're supposed to oh, be kind, they're supposed to be kind of obnoxious. True, true, uh, indeed. So. Uh, at this point, as Robbie said, we get to the foodies, uh, which is comic book guy, sideshow Mel, and then some random characters that show up just for this episode uh, who talk about, oh, wow, uh, she got something from the untranslated portion of the menu. They never give me that. And they're foodies, you know, the kind of people you see in restaurants uh, who have really no appreciation for the authenticity of the food. Uh, they're just want there to be seen and say, ooh, I, I like this exotic food. It's, they're the hipsters of food, essentially, is how they're portrayed in this episode. And they do a very good job of making them insufferable because as soon as any of these people open their mouths, you're like, oh, okay, I want them to stop talking and go away now, thanks. And you see that, oh, Marge, Bart, and Lisa are much better at this than they are. Uh, so they go home. Homer, who has been a food critic, says, why would you ever go out to eat someplace new when you can see four Krusty Burgers out the window? Okay, sure. Homer is not a very adventurous eater sometimes, I, depending on the episode. I mean, that's the thing, Matt. Like, I, Homer's, I don't, Homer's always an adventurous eater. I don't think, I don't think, like, there's, I, there's very rarely a time when Homer doesn't want to eat something. Uh, he's, he likes to eat everything. He feels very equal opportunity eating. Like, he might not, like, know the right names for stuff, but he would happily go any of these places and eat. Like, him being snooty about this feels very strange. I would prefer this to have taken the tact of Homer's feeling jealous right now instead of prolonging this and making this about like Homer weird, a weird hang up on food. Um, this, I, I really like the Marge, like this inversion of like, oh, Marge becomes the cool parent all of a sudden. And Homer eventually is becoming the jealous one, right? I like that. But it's really done clumsily and it takes a really long time to get there. It does. It takes a really long time, and then it just goes off the absolute rails. This this feels like a Scully episode after, after a certain point. Uh, so uh, we then have 
Homer isn't into this. Uh, the kids decided to create a blog and include Marge, which she is super jazzed about being included because this is the kind of stuff they would do with Homer, kind of, sort of. Uh, but she's being included this time, and she feels really great about that. Uh, we then get a montage of, uh, I believe this is, did, did Tim and Eric do songs, or is this written by The Simpsons? I I mean, it's performed by Tim and Eric. I okay. have no idea if they wrote I, it. I presume they wrote it. Maybe they wrote it with yeah, The so, Simpsons writers. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but it is basically them just a, a song of them saying fancy food names, and you now have to suffer through it the way we did. We're blogging a food blog, marching bar. All my beef carpaccio. Throw it in the thigh, yo. And don't you call that thuppo. Talk about broad squirting dumplings. 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 So as you can see, they are talking about all the weird things that foodies, quote unquote, enjoy. Uh, also, if someone ever tries to serve me gelato that is umami, I will try and hurt them with it. Oh, man, you're so boring. Yeah, I don't like mushroom flavored gelato. OK, that makes me boring. Have you tried I'm it? I'm happy with that. Yes. I've, well, I haven't tried mushroom specifically. I have tried like a savory flavored ice creams and they're terrible just the absolute worst man has weird man has a weird mouth guys i just i cannot like emphasize this enough matt we me and my wife routinely i don't have, think i'm alone in that Robbie. me and my matt me and my wife routinely have conversations about matt's weird tastes we are like does Ma- <laughs> you, I, you and your matt <laughs> me and my matt me and my wife I, I mean i talk to you as much as i talk to her to be fair uh, um we routinely have conversations about your strange taste buds, Matt, because we, we will go, oh, well, does Matt like that? I go, I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know how to. I have no idea how, like, there's literally no way to predict you like something or not, Matt. There's literally no way. Normally, people are like, oh, they like savory stuff. They'll like that. They like sweets. They like that. They love cheese. They like that. And Matt, Matt I go like, ah, oh, maybe Matt will like this. It's a complete crapshoot. <laughs> it's impossible to That's know. Fair. That's fair. You're you're just like every single. It's like a Russian roulette. Anytime I you get served any kind of food, Matt, because I have no idea if you like it. You could literally tell me you hate fried chicken, and I go, Yeah, it makes sense. You're such a strange person. Oh not. no, no, thank God, that is not the case. This song is that's a the song. The song is par. I I don't know if it's parrying it. It's certainly inspired by <laughs> Empire State of Mind, um, I, but it's not. It's not that good. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's, it's not like, a classic Simpsons yeah, banger, it's, but it's, it is, a, it's yeah. kind of forgettable. Um, like I, it's. I think it's trying to be purposefully bad, but the problem is it's not purposefully bad enough. I think. I don't know yeah. if it's not trying to be purposefully bad, then it's just kind of bad on its own. I don't know. Yes. Luckily, it doesn't really matter. It's just here to kind of fill time in the middle. The montage. Uh, it's something we, to give a montage. Music for the montage, effectively. 
Yes, exactly. Uh, so Homer tries to win the kids back with uh, tickets to Krusty Land, where they're opening new rides. Uh, and the kids are like, eh, maybe, maybe not. We've already got plans that day. We're going to, we got invited to a molecular gastronomy opening lecture, premiere, whatever you call these things for like food restaurants. Prem- uh, wait, wait a second, man. Wait, 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 wait. What? Premiere for a food restaurant? Are you okay? Are you like, are you, do you are you having a stroke? Well, it's, it's like, well, it's a it's a special event. It's an like, opening. It's a soft opening. Blog. Soft opening for a restaurant. You can. Those are words people Did they use. They say it was opening. Uh, it's an event for or an event. How about that event? It's an event. Event is better. But, but yes. you don't have to. It's not well, a. It's not a food restaurant. It's just a restaurant. They only restaurants only serve food. It's not a food restaurant. <laughs> it's a like a gastronomy restaurant. That's they don't serve food there. I mean, it still is food. It's just not. It's just not very good. <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on. Uh, so Homer tries to win the kids back. They're doing this molecular gastronomy thing. Uh, Homer, at this point, feels insanely jealous of the time that he's losing to Marge and just whines at the top of his lungs for a good, what would you say, right, a minute and a half before it's not that crawling long. upstairs? It's not that long, but it is. it feels longer than, I think it's probably only 30 seconds. It feels much longer because it is really annoying. And it's Homer not being human. This is like the problem with all this is... If this scene was Homer, like you have the classic Simpsons sad music, right? Playing as Homer sees what's going on with Marge and the kids. They come back from this. They hear he hears about this going going to the trip. He uh, has Krusty Lane tickets. The kids can't go. Homer reacts like he acts like, "Oh, yeah, that's great. I'm really excited for you." And then he just kind of like retreats silently and sadly. You go, oh man, I feel bad for Homer. Like he was the popular parent, right? He's the fun parent, and now he has—he doesn't—he's not that anymore. He's lost that part of his identity. And you go, oh, that's sad. Like you understand, but when he throws a tantrum like a three-year-old, I don't care anymore. I don't care. I don't. I don't empathize with Homer anymore. Now I go, oh, he's just a child. Yep, it is terrible, and you just—you just, you just kind of hate him. Yeah, you're point. not there's, there's no you want empathy for everyone, right? You want to build empathy for every character and you lose it immediately for Homer and I'm like, "Good, Marge shouldn't invite him. Why does she do that? She shouldn't. That's bad." Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh so this is the end of the act. We go to a commercial as Homer crawls himself uh, crawls up the stairs because he is so distraught. Let me go to commercial. Do we have to man? Do I have to do this? You you do you do okay I guess don't I worry sh- I got the last act which is the dumbest thing of all that's fair that's fair um so we come back from Marshall twelve minutes and fifty seconds and this is actually a decent scene like this is reasonable Homer acts like a human in this a weird one but at least human um that's fair Homer's in the garage being sad woodworking which is not say this weird I, I'll bring it up like I just talked about it but this weird disparate where he acts like throws a tantrum like a child and now he's doing woodworking in the garage and you're like what is this weird like did p- different people write those scenes because it feels that way uh they and they didn't talk to each other so we go to the garage homer's woodworking marge interrupts him what are you doing when i'm sad i make baseball bets Homie, I don't want you to feel excluded. Would you like to come with us to dinner at Alchemistry? Really? You'd let me in on your thing? Even though I think it's stupid? 
Of course. Hand me that saw, Marge. Fine. But I'm happy I make birdhouses. Kids, guess what? Mom invited me to your fancy dinner. Cool. Awesome. I guess Fun Dad is a foodie now. Food Dad, Food Dad, Food Dad. That is a that's a reasonable scene. It is. It, this feels entirely natural. I mean, there's some weird jokes about Homer making bats when he's sad and birdhouses when he's he's uh, happy. Uh, but beyond that, I was like, okay. I'm 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 on, I'm on everyone's side now. Marge has this thing that she does with the kids. She doesn't want to lose out on that, but Homer lost out on a, the, the, a similar thing he used to. I want everybody to be happy. I don't mind the the bats and the birdhouses thing, Matt. I think it's goofy, but it's silly. But it doesn't, you know. Homer's a weird man. Um, and to be fair, there are plenty of woodworking men out there who do similar things, where they just make one thing. I just make birdhouses i just make bats over and over and over again and you're like okay um i and it's like if that previous scene the end of the second act wasn't homer throwing a tantrum i would be full on board with this like marge trying to include homer and now she but she immediately has reservations uh we have a nightmare sequence with marge uh which i really like honestly um she has a nightmare that has anthony bourdain in it where they're touring on a, they're going on a street uh, to get to eat street food, and Homer immediately kind of embarrasses her, takes over the takes over the 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 dream basically, and with the kids and and Anthony Bourdain and everyone is now friends with Homer, and they don't care about Marge. Uh, we have a scene with, and then that kind of segues into the second part of the nightmare with Gordon Ramsay there yelling at Marge, and then we cut to. Gordon Ramsay taking over the the dream and then waking up in a in a cold sweat in his bed, going, "What was that?" I kind of like that, honestly. Uh, it, it's it's a fun little moment. Marge wakes up at the same time, and after this dream, after this nightmare, Marge is upset. She's a little angry. Uh, that I think she's angry at herself, honestly, but she's also angry at the fact that Bart and Lisa are kind of just immediately like, "Yeah, Dad's coming." And we have like this nice, I, I honestly really like all this stuff because uh, it's, it's, it's like a lot of conflicting emotions and try, Marge trying to work it all out um, where she is worried about all this and then ends up giving Homer the wrong address to the restaurant. Kids, I was thinking, was it really such a great idea to invite your father to that dinner? Relax, that'll be the life of the party. He'll be the fourth musketeer. But there weren't four musketeers. Yeah, huh? Athos, Porthos, Aramis, and D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan wasn't a musketeer. He only had a letter of introduction to the captain of the guards, which he lost. You know, I'm pretty excited about this far-out dinner. Maybe I'll like it. Oh, I doubt it. You sit at communal tables full of hipsters. Well, actually, I've come around on hipsters. Takes a lot of guts to all wear the same hat. And the food will all be weird foams cooked with chemicals or served in a test tube. It's too crazy for you. So it's weird. Don't worry. I'll make it fun. Yeah, you always do. Well, here's where to meet us. 1501 East Oak Street. East Oak Street. Is that it? Uh, yes. Yes, East Oak Street. That's where you should go. See you there. Don't you judge me. Eh, save it for the sitter. So, hey, Robbie, remember that time Homer uh, framed Marge for drunk driving? <clears throat> I, I, this isn't quite that. I do but... unfortunately remember that, Matt. Uh, no, this isn't as bad as that. 
Uh, this is actually very in- innocuous. Like, yes, she gave him a wrong address, but Marge has no idea what's at that address. She just is. That's true. She and anyone with a brain would immediately show up at the wrong address, realize it's not a restaurant, and leave. And probably just be lost. Um, not necessarily go into the place. Regardless, this is the end of the good part of the episode. Or at least watchable part of this episode. Right here. I wish I had gone back and looked at the time. Because basically everything after this is the descent into complete madness. Yeah, it's it's a, it's one thing. Like you said, at this point, Marge gives him a fake address, and that's a very petty thing to do, and and kind of unmarge like. But you know, I can see it stretching a little bit. But Homer showing up and being so stupid, he doesn't understand it's a meth lab. I, I just no, it, no, I'm, no. I I I buy it for Marge simply because it's like her. It, it that is a spur of the moment. Like she wasn't, she hadn't thought of that until the very moment. She's like, wait a second, I can just give him the wrong address, and this solves everything. Um, and I can just play it off like I, I it was an accident. Um, and and she did it quickly. Like there's no like there's no forethought here, right? There's no malice, planned malice. It's all that immediate kind of yeah. petty, immediate petty thing to do. Um, and when you're having all these conflicting emotions and you don't know how it's not resolved and you haven't talked about, you're that can manifest that way. Um, this is the descent into madness. They go to the molecular gastronomy place. Homer goes to a meth lab. And basically the rest of this episode is caught between these two scenes where we watch the kids and Marge in the restaurant eating, you know, molecular gastronomy food, which not even particularly weird molecular gastronomy food. Like just it's exactly what you've heard molecular gastronomy is. De- deconstruct it. Probably it doesn't go far enough, Matt, because this is just basically a good representation of what molecular gastronomy is. Yeah, uh, there's, there's no satire or making fun of it. It's just oh, this is exactly what I, it is. Yeah, I think they're trying to, but they don't go far enough because I mean, like, <laughs> like this isn't enough. Like this is what this is like. They're like it's a deconstructed Caesar salad. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly. I like, and then they have later on. They have a a, a what a ribs a hundred ways or something like that, or and I'm something like that. Oh, por- uh, pork chops, pork chops a hundred ways. Yeah. ways, and I'm like, okay. Despite what I feel about the the fussy nature of molecular gastronomy, I want to eat pork chops a hundred ways. Please give me. I don't that. even eat pork, and I want to try pork chop a hundred ways. Like that's really interesting. Ways. I'm like, I, don't, I need. I want that experience. I'm sure I'll be. I probably won't be happy at the end of it. Whatever. Um, but we get a lot of that. So we have the foodies, Marge, Bart, and Lisa at the science, molecular gastronomy, science, the science food place, as Matt would say. And we kind of get these scenes where we get back and forth between them and Homer at the meth lab. Here it is. 1501 East Oak. No name on the door. Very trendy. What do you want? Is this the chemical kitchen place where you do the crazy cooking? Quiet, man. The experience begins. Where's Dad? Uh, I don't know. Probably changed his mind and stopped off for donuts. (laughs) Before you is a deconstructed Caesar salad. Romaine lettuce gel, egg yolk ice, crouton foam, and anchovy air. You eat it like this. Gel, ice, foam, air, foam, ice, gel, foam, air. Just like Marge said, chemicals and test tubes. The open kitchen is a nice touch. I guess I'll get started before my family gets here. How much for a taste? You know, just to get me going. 
50 bucks. Ouch! This place is fancy. The next course is regret. <laughs> Hipsters, too cool for school. You don't look like the kind of guy who does this. Well, my wife thinks it's too crazy for me, but I'm going to prove her wrong. <laughs> I'm doing this for my family. That sound you hear <sighs> at the very end is an act break about, it, like, the whole crux of it. Is Homer about to smoke meth? He has a pipe in his mouth. Yep. You see the smoke almost being inhaled. And we are meant to go, oh no, Homer is going to smoke meth. I'm going to keep watching. Mm -hmm. I, we cut right before Homer smokes meth. This. Indeed we do. I, 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 I am just less speechless sometimes, Matt. I just don't know what, how, did someone, like, did, they, what, what was in the writer's room? Did someone laugh at this? I'm sure someone was like, ha, 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 Homer smoking meth, that's funny. Because for some reason, not to generalize here, but a certain type of person thinks that people doing drugs is hilarious. This is written by Matt. not problematic in any way. This is written by Matt Selman, Matt. Matt Selman is supposed to be the, the smart guy. He's supposed to be the guy who understands the Simpsons, understands the best of it. Yeah, but once this hits the writer's room, I don't really... Yeah, that's fair. Like may, gotta... Maybe Matt Selman just has him show up or whatever, but, you know. I don't... There should, you should not be at a meth lab. Like, there's... Of all... This is what... Matt, this is my quick fix for this. I don't know if this episode's broken. We'll figure that out. But this is my quick fix for this. Homer doesn't go to a meth lab. Homer goes to a fast food restaurant. Ooh, a fancy fast food restaurant somehow. No, I think okay. it's the okay. opposite. I think it's not a fancy fa fast food restaurant. I think it's a very, very cheap. Like, it should be a cheap restaurant. And he goes, and he doesn't realize. Because to Homer, food's food. It all tastes good. Mm, that's, fair. that's fair. I, and then, and no, there's no, no one smokes meth. In that version of the story. We go to our final commercial at 17 minutes and 57 seconds. Okay. So uh, we come back. This is a real quick ending uh, because immediately the cops show up at the meth lab. Uh, so Homer is stopped from smoking meth. Thank God. Uh, and Homer is caught in a gunfight uh, because immediately the other people at the meth lab, including the, the all the, the junkies who were strewn out, barely able to move earlier, immediately pull out guns, throw over a table and use it as a barricade to shoot back at the cops. Meanwhile, Homer is somehow miraculously not hit as the cops and the junkies exchange gunfire. In fact, as best we can tell, no one is hit while this is going on. The Spucklers show up outside. Cletus, Brandine, and a dozen or so kids uh, show up. And Robbie, to me, this is the worst part of the episode. Uh, they say that, oh, uh, we got all dressed up to go to the good meth lab. And Cletus says, oh, I prefer your home-cooked meth. Why not, 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 nah, as their 12 kids are at the, with them at a meth lab. Like, wow, that is, that is awful. Anyway, I, I don't, it, thankfully it's, it, it, it is a toss off gag. I was going to say that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. They're already here. They're just like, oh, let's do meth lab jokes. Who do we need? And you're like, okay, can we not do meth yeah. lab? Do, how about no, how about no meth lab jokes? Could we do well, no? That would be ideal, Robbie. Yeah, but, get mm. zero. Anyway, moving on. 
so Marge has a, a crisis of faith. Uh, she thinks she realizes that she is an absolutely horrible thing. Uh, she comes to the lab. Uh, the, the the guy, the Wolfgang Puck uh, accented fellow uh, on the way out, gives her her to go bag after getting very upset that she's leaving in the middle uh, of, of his presentation. Because, again, uh, oh, all molecular gastronomists are, you know, those those prissy artist types who get super pissy with you uh, if things don't go exactly right. Uh, which I'm sure some of them are, but I guarantee you not all of them are. Anyway, um, so he gives her a baggy, a, a doggy bag with, uh, what was it, Robbie? It was like blueberry... Uh, it doesn't oh, no. matter. Uh, it's it's doesn't it, matter. It, it, it doesn't. Well, it does matter eventually. Oh no! Right now it doesn't matter. But it was it was uh, a a bag made of silk by a spider who was fed blueberries. I hated all that. Okay, I, I just, sure. I am. I'm just tired of the me- like this. That is the right level of parody you have to get to to get these molecular gastronomy like to satirize that pop- properly. Like it requires yes. that. You have to go to that level. I get that. You I'm do. just so soured now because of the stupid meth lab stuff that I. I don't want to watch The Simpsons anymore. <laughs> I'm with you there. I'm with you there, but we're almost done. Uh, so Marge shows up at the meth lab, and the cops have basically uh, in, in some kind of a hostage standoff, and Wiggum tries to stop her, and she tells him that, I, I'm not going to get this word not exactly correct, uh, but that uh, she is a woman uh, who uh, needs to tell someone that she was right or something like that. Like, Do you remember the exact phrasing? I, I don't, man, I don't think I can emphasize hard enough at this point in the show, I want to not watch The Simpsons anymore. Yeah, that's where we're at. I, we're, so Marge we're, goes, we're literally here. I'm a spe- We are watching The Simpsons try and defuse a gunfight at a meth lab because Homer thought it was a restaurant. Why? Yes. Why? Why? Well, Robbie, because somebody on The Simpsons staff thought, you know what's a lot like a military gastronomy place? A drug lab. Because they're very sciencey and people smoke things. Like I think Homer would understand the difference between foams and and smoking drugs, but whatever. Anyway, Marge shows up. She Wiggum just lets her into the the meth lab, which is now on fire. Uh, we have the meth lab guy that, that who runs it, uh, who's you know large and tattooed and bald and all that stuff. Uh, he is. A tackling Homer and he's holding a Bunsen burner uh, to Homer's neck to say, oh, this is all your fault. Rather than running away and trying to get away from the cops, he decides to take it out on Homer. Uh, Marge, however, stops him with her doggy bag, which has a deconstructed apple pie in a weird ball that she throws into the throat of the meth lab runner guy, manager, uh, which causes him to have immediately disassociate into a flashback of when he was a boy in the French countryside eating apple pie. He cries a single tear and then lets Homer go. No, that's not what happens. And that's it. it. it doesn't, he doesn't let Homer go. He doesn't? Nope. It Did gets, I miss that part? He, he gets distracted enough that Wiggum is, runs up to him and bonks him on the head. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So he, he loosens his grip on Homer. Well, I mean, he gets bonked. He wants to be specific. He wants. He gets bonked in the head, Matt. I don't know. Again, this is the part where I go, "What is going on? Why are we having a flashback moment with this? Is this like this is no longer about food? Why is this about food again? It was never about food. Why is this about food now? And like, <sighs> so uh, immediately. After this, uh, we see the family outside. Everyone is happy again. Everyone apologizes for you know all the crazy crap that happened, and then we see the family at uh, Krusty Land, 
uh, where Homer is back to eating normal food and trying to get rid of the kids because he doesn't want to know that they exist. And that's how we end the episode. So did we resolve anything? Nope, not at all. Well, you see, when people get into stressful situations, they are emotionally exhausted and then they don't want to be mad at people anymore and everyone just goes on with it. So that solves a lot of Simpsons problems, apparently. Up until we have Homer showing me with Meth Lab, there's an interesting conflict here that's simple, it's relatable, it's, oh, the kids have a fun with Homer. Homer is the fun parent. Marge feels jealous. She takes an opportunity and through happenstance manages to become a, a fun parent and doing something with the kids. Homer return feels jealous. And you could spin her giving him the wrong address in a lot of different directions. I don't know why it has to be an action set piece with a shootout at a meth lab. I don't know why we need to see Homer almost smoking meth. I don't know why we can't resolve the conflict of the episode where they just go, oh, it's fine. That's what happens, effectively. Everyone just looks at each other mm-hmm. and goes, eh, that's fine. And you're like, cool. Um, this, isn't the, this isn't the worst episode of the season, man. Uh, not, even, not even close to the worst episode of the season, but, but it's still bad. The, yeah, the ending, the last five minutes of this episode make it pretty bad. Uh, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? I'm asking you, Matt. Is this episode broken? I think it's broken because... There is no resolution. There is an act, like you said, there's an action set piece that is supposed to make everyone feel good about it, but we don't resolve the core conflict, which is something it feels like The Simpsons would have done in the golden years and really any good show would do. Okay. Even today. No, yeah, that, you were that's right the first at. time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. I mean, this is one of the ones you can fix. It's not that bad. Very easily, actually. You just have to come up with a new four, like half of a third act and a fourth act. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you can leave most of I would say if we're going to tweak stuff, you don't have Homer act like a child. You have Homer act like an adult. That's not that complicated. Homer is an adult. He doesn't throw tantrums. He no. just feels melancholy, sad, a little sullen uh, because he's not being included. Um, and when he starts being included, Mars has this panic. Oh, I'm gonna. it's going to go back to the days where I was... I was the uncool parent, the boring one, uh, and I don't want that. And so she panics, sends him to the wrong address. Now, there are probably, there's a million permutations you could go with this. Where does Homer, where, what do you want your show to be, right? I think this is like what the location you choose to send Homer to is a good representation of what kind of show you want to be. Yeah. And they picked a meth lab. And I would not pick a meth lab. It wouldn't be in my top 1,000 choices. Uh, off the top of my head, you could send Homer to a different kind of restaurant um, where he's really enjoying himself because he thinks it's fancy food. You could write jokes about how he thinks the food is fancy. It's very, very not fancy food. Or everything is fried and he's uh, inhaling it thinking that it's uh, actual foam. Yeah, like exactly. You could you could have just have a, him asking about like and you have a cook there like. Going, uh, oh, yeah, yes, uh, yes. And having made up names for French fries, right? Coming with like a fancy name. He shows up at the Ethiopian restaurant for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> could be better. It could be that. It could be, you know, you could send him to a different location that is nothing. It could literally be an empty lot. And Homer has to real Homer realizes or starts to think, oh, did Marge? do this on purpose, right? Did she send me? Like, he doesn't, he immediately realizes he got sent to the wrong place. Like, 
there's all these permutations and I do think you the idea of Marge and the kids leaving this restaurant in the middle of the of the, of the the showcase is a good one because it shows Marge no I care more about my my husband's emotional well-being than I do about this fancy dinner or being considered a cool parent um you have to treat it with some stakes though um the problem is the food blog stuff kind of goes nowhere like there's never really any stakes set up about the food blog it's all just a vehicle to like tell us that they're the, the kids and Marge are connected to each other. Um, you, they don't really connect the dots there at the end and they never set up like, instead of having that long montage, you could have a, you could have a setup where you, we kind of lay some groundwork about, Oh, the blog's actually getting noticed and they're earning respect and things like that. But that's a different episode. Um, I don't even know if you need a food blog, so to speak, you can easily just make it about, I would, I, I mean, I would about, Make you want to get as to the margin Homer conflict and make it mostly about that, not about other stuff. Um, you do have have to have a resolution. <laughs> if you have to have them confront their feelings, tell each other how they're feeling, and then decide that oh, we're going to fix it by doing this. I yeah, I, I think you have. I think honestly, you have have to have Marge apologize. And say, oh, I'm sorry, I was in- insecure. I want to be the cool parent. And Homer's like, oh, we could both be the cool parents. There's something like, you have to have Homer be like an adult, right? A human. Uh, and the, oft- all too often they write him like he's a baby. So it's really impossible mm-hmm. at this point. But that's, and then I, honestly, you end it with them, them all going to Krusty Burger, right? Like that seems like such yes. a layup. Like you have them go back to like a you know normal fast food place and they're happy together. Doesn't matter that they're not eating the fancy molecular gastronomy stuff. Uh, and they go or they go play. Like they both are the cool parents, right? They both get to keep that part of their identity. You have to like the the crusty line stuff's not crazy in that regard, but the fact that it goes from the meth lab shootout to them at crusty line, it feels ridiculous. It feels absurd. I don't know. Yeah, because it, it's like the, the the last scene with them at Krusty Land is a complete repudiation of this episode because Homer's like, oh, I want to forget that you exist for a few hours. Like, no, that's the whole point of this is the kids like hanging out with you because you treat them like like you love them and you're having fun with them. You should both be doing that right now. That's that's what's important. <laughs> like, that's what the episode's about. Yeah. And like it, it's those things like that where you're like. What it, like? Do they even know what they're writing about? Like, where they just have these throw th- throwaway scenes at the end that are completely contrary to the theme the entire episode setting up. And you're like, is this supposed to be funny? I don't know. That's the thing. You don't even know if it's supposed to be a joke. But it's a. Co- it's not like it, it's a relatively simple thing. You just don't. Again, it's representative of what you think your show is. When you have Homer go to a meth lab, it tells me a lot. Um. We can move on. <laughs> Sigh. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Uh, comments from the news group is where I ask our, our supporters over there on patreon.com slash the Simpson show to leave a review about, about the episode and I'll read it on the air. From Tim. 
By and large, this was a lot better than I expected, though I wouldn't go as far as calling it great. The basic framework of Marge Lee Bart writing a blog and trying to cater to foodies seems to work for the most part. There's too much in the way of celebrity appearances. An inciting incident dragged on indefinitely, which counteracted an opening that lasted about two seconds. I'll add that Homer mistaking a Lancelot for a restaurant consistent with his character actually was rather entertaining. Rather entertaining. Number 282, and I guess I would argue that this is canon. Not sure if it needs to be fixed per se. Perhaps do away with the inciting incident. Uh, from Dara. Thought this was a decent episode. I'm sure the meth lab stuff was cringy as well. The not quite racist, but definitely eyebrow raising for restaurant scene. But I laughed a few times. Enjoyed good dad Homer. We got Maggie Sass. If I were to offer a fix, maybe Homer starts a competing food blog considering he was a former food critic. Might be in the minority, but I'll give this the nod for the best episode of season 23 at this point. No, my trivia guesses haven't been too great, but going to pick guess who's coming to criticize dinner as questions this week. From Derek. You know what's annoying about this one? I actually enjoyed watching it, which sets it above and beyond a lot of the era's surrounding slop. But if you think about it for more than a minute, you can still see it's still plagued by all the usual issues that beset Zombie Simpsons. Heads Lisa and Bart's characters completely stripped away for the plot to work. Marge keeps ex- ex- expositing her motivations throughout because characters should always just say their feelings. Where the show once had a biting satirical attitude, this is now replaced with negative satire, gushing over the foodie lifestyle with only the mildest of ribbing. Gummy convention in the opening set piece was not, with those go-awful puns appearing in abundance. Is why Box actually supposed to make anything anyone laugh? They changed the letter, oh my god. Oh look, I busted along, but it was worth it. This one moved, though, and that makes a big difference. Pace can work wonders to mask the cracks upon first viewing. You can't look back, or all you'll see is the fiery debris. Uh, from JJ. We finally reached the first episode show run by Matt Selman after 10 years of zombie Algene. It's not his best effort. Pacing is better than usual and the characters feel more like themselves, but it's dragged down by excessive unfunny puns and cringe jokes, especially in the Games Expo. And why is there a meth lab in this episode? I like the rivalry between Homer and Marge for the kids' affection. felt like a believable down-to-earth premise before we got to the wacky Scully years ending. Overall, it was a little on the boring side and only smiled a few times. No laughs. This is still probably the second best of the so the second best of the season so far after the Chalmers episode. Not a high bar. Finally, from Albert, I think this episode was fine. It put a lot of effort into the visuals of different foods portrayed, and all the foodie lingo was on point. There was even a simple and a good way plot with Marge wanting to be a fun mom for kids and being jealous of Homer, and, and they were able to stick to the plot throughout the episode. The E3 spoof at the beginning was lame, with all the fake names of video games and gaming companies, and there were not that many jokes. All in all, I like that the episode is a simple and straightforward plot. In a few weeks, when Robbie and Matt will think about what the food wife was about, they will say, Marge was Joseph Homer, having fun with the kids, became a food blogger with Bart and Lisa. Just be able to recall that, I think, is a plus. We are clearly desperate here. Indeed. Indeed. But I do agree. I think I can, like, you go, what's the food wife about? You immediately go, oh, it's about that. And it doesn't mostly spin off in the madness until the end it doesn't it's not all madness which is something we are clearly desperate true we are clearly desperate here is the most accurate description of this podcast at this point uh you (laughs) you can join our cavalcade of calamity our parade of pain by supporting us uh at our patreon patreon.com slash the simpson show sports at any level and you can leave your review move on to our next site it's time for the listener question of the week let's try one more number Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite robot character? That's a good answer. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Tim. My answer would actually be a song, Sticks as Mr. Roboto, for a variety of reasons. It holds up well after 40 years, which is impressive for a song that tries to pick the future. It's fun to listen to with several chord changes, and best yet, it royally aggravates those meathead rockers who are resistant to any change after 1975. Ahem, Homer. <laughs> uh, from Dara, Wally. 
My group of friends all went to see it, and I invited my friend Amy out as well. She met Alicia that night, and that they've now been married eight years and are raising a beautiful daughter together. Sorry, Bender, Wally kicked your shiny metal PG podcast censor. And I'm pretty sure they say ass in this quite a bit, but sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, from uh, Nathan, Marvin the Robot, a.k.a. the Paranoid Android, is my favorite robot. The character was created by Douglas Adams in his book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Despite having an enormous brain, he suffers from boredom and depression since the crew uses him only for minimal tasks. Uh, from Derek Canine from Doctor Who. I want a robot dog best friend. Canine was a fun character and really enhanced the already really tongue-in-cheek comedy seasons of Doctor Who in the fourth Doctor era. Tom Baker hated the Tin Mutt, and it really came out in how the Doctor treated the poor creature. Nevertheless, I loved him. I remember when I was a kid, the DVD range hadn't actually released any canine stories, and I even compiled a list of them and put them on my Santa list. I was fuming when the fat bastard didn't bring me any... I forgive him now, though. I blame my mom for not getting them out of the BBC archives and getting them burned onto a disc. <laughs> she actually did that for me for a few stories because I was a rotten, spoiled little shiz. Don't know what a shiz, but okay. Matt, uh, from JJ, <laughs> you are such a dad. I don't like you. Don't have any kids, but you're such a dad. What's this what? newfangled lingo these kids use nowadays? I don't know British slang, that's, Robbie. Matt, that's not. I know, I'm just screwing it. I'm not sure, Matt. From JJ, I have to go with Bender from Futurama. Not only is he hilarious, but he's also really interesting and well-written. Usually characters who are mainly defined by their anarchy and jerk-ass nature are hard to like, but Bender somehow straddles the line between being evil, yet still somehow lovable. While there are so many great Bender quotes, my favorite moment that makes me laugh every time and sums up his character perfectly is when the crew are approaching a planet that sends them a warning to turn back, and Bender, arrogant as hell, says, What are they going to do, send a letter? Oh, I'm so scared. Then Lisa says their navigation is out and they're going to crash only for Bender to immediately start screaming like a baby. I love him. Kill all humans. Uh, from Timothy, definitely Crichton from Red Dwarf, though he started as basically a simpering service story. After a couple seasons, it was clear that he did a character to explain all the wackadoodle science. Uh, Crichton was the obvious choice. His later combination of obsequiousness and sarcasm were delivered perfectly by Robert Llewellyn. From Andy, from a TV show, uh, it's Rosie from the Jetsons. And from a movie, it's Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Can't shoot Johnny Five. He's alive. Uh, from Mitch 100, Viv Vision from Marvel Comics. Rarely has a character affected me as much as she did in the Vision miniseries. Great character, quite an unsettling read. Boy, you are not kidding. Uh, from Aaron, I want to say Janet from The Good Place, but she claimed she wasn't one, so I'll go with Linguo. <laughs> oh. oh, Linguo. Uh, from Infinite Gur 4927, Johnny Five. From Gonzo the Great 93, Captain Raymond Meet Morp Z. Really, though, I have a soft spot in my heart for Marvin the Paranoid Android from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The first 10 million years were the worst, and the second 10 million years, they were the worst, too. The third 10 million years, I didn't enjoy it all. After that, I went into a bit of a decline. Ah, <laughs> uh, that quality British humor. Uh, from Stake My Heart, please, Megan, because she's great at teaching manners and has such a cute and unique style. I remind everyone in my household now to use coasters since she will show up and correct them. Mm. Uh, from Quesosaurus 666 animated The Iron Giant live action C-3PO. Nobody in the universe will be more charming and relatable. Mm. Mm, uh, okay. <laughs> from Brian, every robot in Wally are such layered and clever characters. From the central duo to the robots in the repair bay, they all have such depth to such a great movie. Robbie, what is your response? Uh, I'm going to cheat. <gasps> you monster. Uh, I'll, I'm going to... So Iron Giant obviously is great. I love Iron Giant. Well, yeah. Um, 
And then someone answered Viv Vision. I'm like, well, all of the visions are great. The vis- vision is incredible. Yeah. It's just an incredible comic. Um, but here's my my underdog Dark Horse answer in Legion for Mass Effect. I like Legion. Oh, yeah. I like Legion a lot. Um, he's a, Why do you have to remind me, Robbie? I'm literally in the middle of Mass Effect 2 when we started this podcast. <laughs> Matt, I'm very well aware of how many, how much you've been playing friggin' Mass Effect lately. It pops up on my friggin' Steam every five minutes. Mass playing this, Mass playing Mass. Turns it off, you know. I have to dive into menus to do things. Come on, man. What, what, what am I? Uh, <laughs> um, uh-huh. I just, I just close Steam. But yeah, Legion is uh, great. I, I love that take on a, you know, a, that that kind of Borg. You know, a. Uh, what do you call that? A you know a uh, well, I can't think of the name of it, Matt. Uh, an entity that is many things but only one thing. Um, oh yes, yes, yes. Whatever. That's what Legion is. But he, the Legion, slowly develops like personality, emotional attachment to Shepard, and it's really interesting and really well written. Mass Effect's great, Matt. What's your answer? I'm surprised no one picked it, but Data from the Next Generation. Uh, I really appreciate a character who seemingly is all knowing and all powerful and yet in one tiny way uh basically just does not fit in and is having a tough time with that it goes to show you that no matter how great you are how much success if you have to take everything in moderation because you can be incredibly smart and incredibly capable and everything and if you don't have if you're you're lacking in one small way it can make you a very sad person uh so i really appreciate that data's great I could add data. To, uh, there's a long list of robot characters that I would, I love. I, there are. I mean, Bender, obviously. Legion, of course. You know, R2 is way better than C3PO. Sorry, Kesosaurus. I, I R2, I'm save a, the universe on several occasions. I don't like R2 either. He's, he's, a, he's, a, <gasps> he's a smartass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't like him. He's also used this mm-hmm. as basically Deus Ex Machina like a million times, and oh, it gets really tiring after a while. Um, next week's question: What's your favorite Matt Selman episode? That's that's a lot. He's written a lot of episodes. There's, I mean, my answer might be a much more recent episode, honestly, because he's written some really good ones in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, these are, I mean, written episodes, not show run episodes. Episodes he wrote. Um, I'll post this question on on our subreddit, which is R the Simpsons Show. You can email us at simpsonsshowpod at gmail.com, or you can answer our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the Simpsons Show. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge where men and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. I lead so far this season um indeed it's like i'm going easy on you or something i mean i'll take it Matt. i'll take it i don't care i'll take it if you're gonna <laughs> if you want to give me easy questions i mean i'm not i don't i'm not only in control of what i know not what you ask me so whatever are you ready for an easy question ready in the seven beer snitch mr burns turns the city's newest concert hall into what uh i mean the concert hall is, is is a prison, right? Correct. All right, yay! All right, that's ooh, beer snitch. Okay, uh, <laughs> I thought I was going hard on you this week, but apparently you're also bringing it. So, uh, in barding over, what are Homer and Marge doing in the Homer and Marge getting dirty series of videos that the kids find in the attic? What? This is an easy question. 
I will give you the hint. It is related to a recent holiday, which is how I got here, actually. I, Matt, you might as well be speaking a different language. I have, I like <laughs> literally, I can't even comprehend the question or the sentence. You're like in barding over. Okay. Okay. There's video where okay. there's a VHS tape. What is the VHS tape about? I don't know how to say how this is an easy question. You're a madman. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll tell you this, Robbie. Again, it is related to a recently passed holiday. It is a series of videotapes the kids find in the attic called Homer and Marge are getting dirty. What are Homer and Marge doing in these videos? Matt, you're just repeating the question. It does not make it more easy for me to understand. A recently passed holiday, as of like in the current day or in that episode? Uh, as in like something that happened in the real world like two weeks ago. I somehow, sometimes I think you're not a man. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're not human. I feel like there's sometimes where I go, Matt is not connected to our earth like he comes from somewhere else this is like it's like when people like thought andy kaufman or prince they're like aliens they came down to earth and they inhabited human form it's weeks like this where i go is matt a, a man <laughs> and that would Ma explain a lot i because literally like i don't think anyone on earth would go i'm ready for the the onslaught the wave of people going matt's a madman robbie why did he ask you that ridiculous question <laughs> like my question, yes, it's an it's a obtuse episode from season seventeen, but it's literally what the entire episode's based around. You're talking to me about people finding videotapes in an attic. I don't even know what the episode's about, and I know it's not about them finding videotapes. Um, no, it's not, but it's about Halloween. So I mean, is Barding Overs about Halloween? No, not the episode is, but this particular <sighs> this particular question is about Halloween. Matt, I have no clue what you're talking about when you're what saying is the oh, dirtiest activity you get into in halloween robbie what are you that again matt i don't the dirty there's no dirty activities in halloween eating candy what are you talking right, about you got there who know the answer to this question i want you to to, to write into robbie there, to let him know what, what are you what is the answer what are you talking about i have no idea they're carving jack-o'-lanterns that what are you that that is an easy question you are a nutcase you are a lunatic okay. all right matt your your medium question what okay. three in the seven beer snitch what three plays do the simpsons consider seeing while in shelbyville three plays um uh i'm not gonna waste your time i have no clue uh, are are they real or fake uh, they are a mixture, I think. Okay. I know one uh, of them yeah, is real. No and one of them is uh, an um, um, amalgamation of real and fake. I don't know. I, 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 hope, I hope the middle one is fake. We'll see. This first one is, <laughs> okay. The first one is called Equ is Equus, which is a real play. Okay. Real play. Okay. Starring Sideshow Bell. Uh, then there's the second one called Gay, Gay, Gay. Okay. Which I assume is fake. And then finally so. you have Song of Shelbyville. That's a parody of something but i don't know yeah what. i believe it's a parody of but that the song of shelly bilbo is the thing that kicks off the whole plot oh uh, okay because they make fun of springfield in it right that part i do remember the episode okay that's why the whole reason they build the concert hall in the first place all right robbie uh your medium question which apparently i'm that word is far too hard for you <sighs> i mean that's uh, probably is too far too hard for me matt most of your questions are far too hard for me uh-huh uh, as you may or may not recall, in Barty Over, uh, the plot of the episode is that Bart did a commercial as a baby and Homer wasted all the money from, so he gets emancipated. 
what product was Bart uh, shilling for in these commercials? Um, diapers. Mm, that's your final answer. He's a stinky baby. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty like that was. I know. I remember that they, he was like a stinky baby. That's what he said when he was a little baby, um, a little toddler. If it's the fact that I went diapers and you went means it's probably wrong. Uh, so I'm not. It's not my final answer. <laughs> uh, but maybe it's like it would be like diaper rash powder or something like that, or like a or poop like a spray that keeps the or banishes poop sprays away. I remember the stinky baby stuff. Um, uh, I'm gonna say yeah, like scented butt powder for babies. Then mm, I'm sorry, Robbie. You, you're on the right track. Uh, they called him Little Baby Stink Breath. Oh, it's his breath. And it was the the baby so fresh tri patch system. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know, I know, because I remember the little baby stink breath part. But I'm like, what was the actual product? And I, I looked up, like, okay, sure, not for use by babies under two. Just put chemicals on them. Well, I mean, that's not a bad gag. Uh, yeah, I mean that that was what how we solved every problem in the late '80s, early '90s. Is just here's some chemicals. Okay, your hard question, Matt. On what stationery does Marge write Frank Gehry? Um, I want to say it's Homer's stationery, and it's like, uh, I'm sorry for the below or something like that. You're overthinking it, Matt. Oh, okay. That is incorrect. I have no idea. It is Snoopy. Snoopy. Okay. It is. There's just, a, there's just a Snoopy there. I don't know. I just thought Fair it was enough. cute. All right. Your, your hard question. You're not going to get this one, but oh, good. if you do, Excellent. I'll be very impressed. Um, thanks. I'm great. Appreciate the, the vote uh-huh. of confidence. You're going to get this. You're not going to get this right. Uh, so at the end of the episode of Barting Over, uh, Homer is asked to do a commercial, and he says that he will absolutely do it no matter what it is, as long as the profits go to Bart. What product is he shilling for in his commercial? It's not impossible to get this right, Matt. Like, there's only a finite amount of products in the world. It, it's not impossible. I could guess it correctly. I don't remember. I remember. Is that the episode with Tony Hawk in it? It is. Okay. I remember that at least. I'm going to say it because Tony Hawk's in the episode. We're going to do. There's going to be a skateboarding connection to Homer. Um, I don't think that's right. Honestly, because it's not embarrassing. You think they'd make it embarrassing. Um, but it's the only thing. Honestly, the only thing I can remember about the episode is that Tony Hawk's in it. Um, that Bart gets his own apartment. Um Skateboards. It's Homer. He's skateboarding. Skateboards. Well, that is how it all begins. Uh, but the product is actually Viagrogain, the erectile dysfunction drug that also helps you regrow hair. Oh, okay. Easy questions, right, Matt? Easy, medium, hard, right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Matt, I, I, I want to emphasize this. I was closer to getting your hard question right than I was your easy question. <laughs> wow, okay. So maybe, I, I guess that here, I'm going to say, Matt, I structure my questions around you and your capabilities. Maybe try and do that for me, not <laughs> ask me about videotapes in an attic in an episode I don't remember, except Tony Hawk okay. said it. Okay, okay. See, that's, here, here's an example, Matt, of an easy question. In Barting Over, it guest stars what? Famous sports star. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, Tony Hawk. Because it's the only thing that's memorable about that entire episode. Because it's easy. And I, rem- okay. I have seen that episode uh, many years ago at this point. 
Uh, I don't remember much about it other than it's bad. Um, you have cracked away at the lead, Matt. If this One is your point at a time. If this is your plan, uh, good luck. Ask me the hardest questions imaginable. Uh, those are all. I, I would say your medium question is accurate, but those other two, your your easy question is maybe one of the hardest questions you have ever asked me. And I okay, Matt, is Barney over in Freakyak? Yes, it is. Without going to Freakyak, could have you could you have answered that question? Yes, because that's how I went through. I searched for uh, I hit a random episode, and I was going to the episode, and I saw the margin for being like, oh, that's when they were kind of jack o' lanterns, and I was like, oh, that's a good easy question because you remember that in you are opinion, a madman. Yes. See, this is okay. We this is further proof. Matt is not human. Uh-huh. Matt is not a man. <laughs> Matt, I'm. I need to talk to your dad because I think we're, we're. This is a Cal L situation. Oh, really? I think <laughs> only for Simpsons trivia. <laughs> Not only Simpsons trivia, Matt. Okay, you're not a normal human in lots of ways. Uh, I'm just <laughs> saying, I just fair. need to talk to your father. Need to go t- Next time I see him, I need to go, hey, okay, I'm going to pull him aside. I'm going to be like, you can tell me if you guys found Matt in like a, in a pod <laughs> and uh-huh, just passed uh-huh. him off as your child. I mean, if that's the case, then I sound way too much like there was, there was a lot of voice training involved. I mean, they did raise you, Matt. Like, cl- Clark does sound like a Kansas boy because he was he grew up in Kansas. That's true, but I I've been uh, mistaken for my dad on the phone since I was like twelve years old. So is your dad also a pod person? Did he get also sent? It's possible. A, did he also get sent down to it from a dying dying planet and then turn into a redneck? Maybe. Okay. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we had every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode. Ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, so watching the chronological, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Um, hmm. I, these are the hardest episodes to gauge because you like them or you're like, oh, this is fine for most of it. And then the ending just ruins it and you hate it. Yeah. Um, we, should have, we should have a separate column in the database of ending was terrible, but the rest of the episode was good. Uh, <laughs> uh, um. Uh, I think it's like it's okay. Um, like this episode's fine till the end. I would put this in like the I would say low three hundred somewhere, Matt. Like three hundred to three hundred ten somewhere in there, probably. That sounds about right. Maybe in the two nineties. Like I don't think it's as good as Money Bart. I don't think it's as good. Well, maybe it is. Hus- how about Husbands and Knives? Husbands and Knives. Hmm. Do you remember Husbands and Knives, Matt? Nope. <laughs> Husband and Knives is the com- it's the comic book episode. It's the with the the new comic book store with uh, Mi- the with the other with Milo, yeah, with, Milo with Milo. Ah, uh, yes, which yes. I re- which is I comparable to this episode. I feel like I think it's I think that's better than this, but we're close. Um, there's Skinner's Sense of Snow. I think that's better than this, but we're getting close because I think this is better than. Uh, Romeo Old and Julie eh. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is better than Mr. Spritz Goes to Washington. Okay. Fair. Fair. I wanna is it better than Tales from the Public Domain? You know, actually I I wouldn't say I hated Tales from the Public Domain. Um I wouldn't say I hated this I episode. Would pro- <laughs> yeah. Um I would I would rather watch both the Great Money Caper and Skinner Sense of Snow than this. So I think we're in the right area. Millhouse doesn't live here anymore. Is that the one where Kirk and Luann get back together? Yeah, it turns into a Homer Marge episode. Oh, yeah, because uh, they leave, what was it, 
Marge's bra in the bed or something like that, or Luann's bra in the bed. So, I don't remember. Yeah, something. I think this is better. Uh, I would say this goes directly below Skinner's Sense of Snow and right above Millhouse doesn't live here anymore. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because uh. most of the episode's fine, and it has some good stuff in it, and then it and it made me laugh. I'll say that. I laughed. I don't laugh at a lot of Simpsons episodes in season 23. God, there's so many episodes, Matt. How do we? How are there so many Simpsons episodes? It, it's not possible. There's more th- after this. Yep, there are quite a few more until we get back to where it's decent and kind of almost a different show now. Matt, don't say things like that. <laughs> what? You know, you're supposed to say, "Oh, yeah, they're all good, Robbie. We're gonna get lots of good ones coming oh, up, Robbie. Coming up, you know better than that. Coming up, another great one. Uh, this is now it's new, now number three oh four on our list. The Food Wife, below Skin and Sense of Snow, right above Millhouse doesn't leave here anymore. New uh, number one eleven on our post golden years ranking. Um, what are you doing, man? Oh, sorry, my desk is starting to separate from the wall. Every say every sentence you you say just raises <laughs> questions. Like what do you mean? Okay, we're not. I'm not going to ask any questions. We're just going to move on from from whatever is going on. Uh-huh. Your insanity. Um, we're not done. We have one more thing to do. One more question to answer. And that ups that the episode. That question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. As much as I hate the meth lab stuff, as much as I hate that stuff, I do think I think it stays overall. I think so too because the rest of the the episode is kind of interesting. Like Marge goes somewhere scary. She tries some food. Turns out she really likes it. She gets involved with the kids. Everyone, for the most part, is acting like humans. Even Homer, to you know, eighty percent of the way. Yeah, until he goes to a meth lab like a normal. You know, I don't. Um, I, it stays. Doesn't it get shot out of the cannon? I think there's enough no. of it. I really want you for We're the meth lab. to save the cannon, maybe. I guess we'll have to figure out where we are the rest of the way. The meth lab, I, meth lab really makes me want to fire it out of the cannon, but largely I think it stays. And I, largely I think we should try to keep episodes in, not kick them out unless they're egregious. The problem is we've just been watching the worst of the worst. Um, we're uh-huh. not done though because we have to ask that same question about every episode on the list, working our way down from the top. We are currently number 163, which is Radio Bart. TV tool. Obviously, yes, stays. I mean, that that that's not even a question, Robbie. I mean, it is a question. He gets sting. I, I just he did get sting. Um, he's a good digger. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. I think that's my favorite thing in the entire episode is the fact that um, they have sting down there digging, and Bart doesn't like sting, but Homer's like he's a good digger. Um, very good. Um, yeah, it stays. It is. It. I think it is. A, it's a season three episode, so it's still like it's still the like the very earnest Simpsons. Um, and probably, ooh, I would say it's in the lower season three episodes, but I'm not positive about that. Um, but even that makes it like that's still a really good episode. This season number one sixty three on our list. That's what. That's where we're at. Where one sixty three is still really really good. Um. Very funny, um, a little bit. I think very a little... funny, very heartfelt. At the end, it's like everyone is happy, and it's a sweet ending. Oh, sweet though. No one likes that, Matt. Everyone wants cynical. No, no one likes that schmaltzy stuff. The junk. Get it out of here. I want 
everyone hating each other. That's what real art is about. No? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it stays. Yes, of course. It stays in the canon. Um, that's about it for us today. Our next episode, Matt. Next week. The Book Job. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. I have fond memories. Hopefully they're not uh, they're not unfounded. I'm sure I will have no feelings about a, a Simpsons episode about the publishing industry. Not at all. And involving Neil Gaiman. I like I like Neil Gaiman. I have nothing against Neil I mean, Gaiman. Um, no, that's what I'm saying. It's but I, I apologize right now for all my way too intense publishing feelings that come out in this episode. But maybe it's good, right? I mean, it's a high, it's a heist episode, so you know, you know, at least I'm gonna have feelings about it. There's also Harry Potter stuff in it, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh well, uh, that'll be next week. You can watch along with us if you'd like. Join us on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash The Simpson Show. Support us there. Uh, if you've gotten any enjoyment out of this podcast over the years, even a couple dollars really helps us out. We really do appreciate it. Um, plus, you get a bunch bunch of bonus podcasts every week. Um, me and Matt blabbing about Simpsons and other stuff. Um, you can find me online on every social media platform as Robbie Dorman. And my website is RobbieDorman.com, where you can buy all my novels. My newest novel, Dead End, is a zombie story about a Amazon-like company turning their employees into the ultimate worker. One you doesn't need to be need to be paid or eat or sleep. Eh, the undead. Uh, it's uh, if you like grim zombie stories, you should read this one. Uh, or any of my books. They're all on wherever you buy books. You can find my books. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is correct. I spend all of my time training, uh, you know, people for management positions uh, in very certain organizations. Uh, for example, I have a, a great up-and-comer right now. Uh, she's having some issues uh, with respecting authority, uh, but I'm pretty sure I will soon have her eating out of my hand. If you would like to see these management trainees, you can check them out at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S, and see the cutest kittens you will ever see in your entire life and if you are a very special person and happen to live in the central florida area you can have one of these kittens once they've been properly trained i don't i i really want i can't i can't have another cat i should i really want another cat but i need it has to be the right cat has to be the perfect cat has to be the right cat that's true yeah it's happened i we're probably gonna imagine but i i would bet that before the year 2024 is out we have a third cat i'm gonna guess it has to it has to be a tough cat that can't take any crap from Harvey. <laughs> well, do I have a cat for you? No, 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 no. We're going to adopt an old cat, Matt, probably. Aw. They need it more. This than one's older than the usual ones. We need that. They need it more than kittens do. Um, That's true. Uh, that'll do it for us. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Anyways, this is it. Uh... Shh.